0: You know, really two things I would like to touch on this morning. Um, And the first one is on baptism. You know, today, as you can see here, we have a baptism tank filled with water. And uh, today, Ethan, uh, Ethan, if you can just stand up wherever you are, Ethan, amen. is going to obey the Lord in water baptism. You know, I had a good chat with him and uh, also went through this Bible study with him. And, you know, he's very determined, you know, to obey the Lord and follow the Lord. So it's really great to see a young man like him, you know, obeying the Lord. The word baptism in Greek means baptizo, which means to immerse. Okay, which means to immerse. It doesn't mean to sprinkle, but it means to immerse. And, you know, we see in the Bible some examples of it. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus himself, when he was baptized, it says as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Okay, so there was much water. He came up out of the water I don't think he, he went through the baptism of sprinkling. Then we see in Acts 8, 38 to 39, this is about the Ethiopian eunuch. It says, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him when they came up out of the water. Now if you know, they were on a journey, the Ethiopian eunuch, and God miraculously you know, brought Philip into that situation who preached the gospel to Ethiopian eunuch. And I'm sure Ethiopian eunuch must have had a bottle of water for his journey. Um, You know, he could have just said, here I got a bottle of water, you know, baptize me by sprinkling baptism. No. It says, you know, the verse earlier, they looked for much water. And then it says they went down into the water. They came up out of the water. Then talking about Jesus, you know, I find it very interesting. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17, um, it says then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? but jesus answered and said to him Permit it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness then he allowed him when he had been baptized jesus came up immediately out of water so we see here that there was no need for jesus to be water baptized he was perfect he was sinless he was righteous But in other words, Jesus was saying, let us not leave any stone unturned. You know, this is to fulfill all righteousness. I just want to do it. I want to do it. What a perfect example. Today, if you have any kind of doubt, you know, about water baptism, you know, let Jesus be the perfect example for you who had no need to be water baptized, you know, but he said, I want to fulfill all righteousness. I want to do it anyway. Amen? Then we see a lot of examples in the Bible. Now, all these people, if you see, they didn't wait long, but they immediately took action to be water baptized. You know, some of it, which I'll read here, in Acts 8, it says... But when they believed Philip as he promised the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then we see in Acts 16, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited her, us to her home. And when it says invited us to her home, that means meals were prepared in those days. That was the culture. And today we are going to celebrate not only the 10 years, but also the water baptism of Ethan by having lunch together. So I would like to invite you all for the lunch. If you have not brought anything, don't worry. Be our guests. We have enough food. Okay? So we see here in the scriptures that people, you know, the moment they accepted the Lord, they said, we want to be baptized. Now, Paul, he mentions, gives an example of what is baptism. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So, today, actually, it is a burial service of Ethan. Don't worry. (laughs) So here Paul gives an example that when you're baptized, when you go in water, it's like a burial. You die to your old self and you raise back to the new life in Christ Jesus. Amen? Who should be baptized? Those who accepted his message were baptized. Acts 2.14 so those who received his message the gospel the bible says they were baptized. Then Acts 8:12 says but when they believed Philip, Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ they were baptized both men and women. So we see here that they received the message they believed in the gospel and they got baptized in water. Amen? So, if you have been baptized when you were a child, I think we need to ask this question. Did you believe in Lord Jesus Christ at that time? Did you have the capacity to understand and know the gospel? Then in summary of water baptism, First one, water baptism is a demonstration of our obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? Two, water baptism is a symbol to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the scripture we just read. Three, water baptism is a public declaration of our promise not to continue old life, amen? You are saying, God, Lord, here I come. By obeying the Lord in water baptism, I'm saying to you, I love you and I want to follow you. And then fourth, water baptism is a practical demonstration of a spiritual reality and a personal testimony that we have passed from the old life of sin to the new life in Christ Jesus. And then, fifth baptism connects us to the wider body of christ by obeying the lord in water baptism you're saying hey church i now belong to you i'm part of you i'm part of the family you remember last sunday what i said we here at new life church we believe we are not a crowd but a family amen Amen? and when you obey you become the part of the body of christ And also, sixth, I wanted to put, but I had no space. You know, you say to Satan, well, he doesn't deserve in my PowerPoint slide to be there. Uh, You know, you say to Satan, I don't belong to you anymore because I belong to Christ. Amen? Amen? By obeying the Lord in water baptism. Now, the second part, which I want to share to all of you this morning, is this. You know, we are, I believe that we are living in the last days. We are moving towards it very rapidly. You know, I believe Jesus is coming soon. I don't know when. You know, it might be today, tomorrow, maybe in a year's time, 10 years' time, 20 years' time. I don't know when he's going to come. But we see the signs around us, the things that are happening around us. It, we are rapidly moving towards it. But we need to ask this question, where do I stand before God? What is my commitment towards God? You know, the thing is, we can live a life, you know, uh, we have this new members lunch and always we talk about that as Christians, we can live a life of like a consumer, you know? And the word Consumerism, it means the fact or practice of an increasing consumption of goods. You know, where people in this world, they live like consumers, and we have seen the examples when the pandemic happened, you know, that people were panicky and people were buying, you know, loads of toilet paper. I don't know why toilet paper. But people were buying buying lots of toilet paper. And as if this world has moved to consumerism, and as believers, when we come to God, we can have an attitude of a consumer. Where we ask, Lord, I need this, I need that, help me. Do this for me or do that for me. You know, we, as I always say this, we pray for three people, I, me, and myself. And we have this consumer attitude even when we come to God. Lord, I need this, I need that. You know, it reminds me of John F. Kennedy, the former president of United States of America. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And in the same way, we need to come before God with this attitude, saying to God, Lord, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? You know, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It says deny yourself. Take up his cross and follow me. Because further it says, you know, in the scriptures that when you do that, you will find life. You will find life. You will find the blessings of God. You will find, you know, a new life in Christ when you deny yourself and take up his cross and follow him. You know, this passage, probably sometime back, I had shared this. This is the story when Jesus was walking and he came across three people. Now at this point, Jesus had become very famous because if you read the scripture before this passage of scripture, You will see jesus had fed 5000 people he had done many miracles there were people who were following him and he was becoming more and more famous the word was spreading around and i guess that there were many people who wanted to follow jesus because he was famous and many even thought that jesus can be that person who can stand against the roman empire who was ruling over that region, and fight against them and be the king. So here is one man. In Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 58, it says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Now here this man is saying to Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm telling you, if someone tells me, I want to follow you. I want to go wherever you go. I'll be the first person. Wow, that's great. Come, follow me. But Jesus here gives a peculiar answer to him. Instead of saying, I'm glad you're following me. Come, follow me. But what does he say? Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. I wonder what that man did at that point, because it doesn't say anything about it. I wonder whether he said, in spite of whatever you said, Lord Jesus, I will follow you, or maybe he could have got a bit discouraged, disheartened, and decided not to follow Jesus. We don't know. But why did Jesus say foxes have dens to live in? He could have said the lions have dens, or he could have given an example of uh, other animal. But why did he say foxes have dens? You know, I did some research, and RSPCA, you know, which looks for the welfare of the animals, they say that foxes, you know, though they dig their own holes, but more often they grab other animals' holes. So they are known as grabbers. They want, as I spoke earlier, consumer, I want, I want. So Jesus is trying to say, hey, look, I'm not like the fox. I have given up the glory of heaven and I have come down to earth to the point where I have nowhere to lay my head. Do you still want to follow me? Then Jesus said, birds have nests. Why did Jesus give example of birds? Again, birds, they are very possessive. They are very territorial. They don't want to share the nest with other birds. Even to the same kinds of birds, you know, they're very possessive about it. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm not possessive. My heart is a heart of giving to the point that I will lay down my life for you. This is the heart of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, Do you still want to follow me? Do you want to be like me where you are not just a consumer or want to grab but who is willing to give up? Are you in that place where you're not possessive but are you willing to sacrifice? Today the same question we have for every believer to the church. In this world that we live, there is so much of distractions around us. There's so much of demand of our time that consume our time, you know, and more and more it takes us away from God. Today, even Jesus would like to ask you, do you want to follow me to the point? where you make me the first priority. The second one, in that same chapter, now here Jesus calls this man. You know, he said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, it says the man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. So, looks like his father must have not died, otherwise he wouldn't have been there listening to the message of Jesus. He would have been home, busy with the funeral. But maybe his father was on dead bed. And he's saying, first go and let me return home and bury my father. You know, you need to understand the Jewish culture. You know, if you read Genesis chapter 48. You know, it speaks about Jacob when he was on his deadbed. Joseph came to him with his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And when you read the full chapter, you will find that because they were close to their father, they received more blessing. You know, at the dead bed. Even so, Manasseh and Ephraim, were considered to be the children of Jacob, or he was called Israel. And Manasseh and Jacob, though they were the grandsons of Jacob, they were added into the 12 tribes of Israel. And also they received the blessings. So there was that culture in the Jewish culture that when someone is dying and if their children is close to them, they receive more blessings, more, property or whatever it is to the person who is next to the person who is dying. So in, probably this man must have said, first let me go and bury my father. Let me get whatever I can, all the blessings and everything, and then I'll come and follow you. Many times we put these conditions before God, isn't it? You know, Lord, if you do this for me, I will do that for you. But Jesus said, Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach the kingdom of God. What a call. What a challenge. He's saying, don't worry about all those things. You do the things that I tell you to do. How many of us are willing? to put ourselves in that place to say to God, Lord, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to give up all the things that holds back me from you. Then the last one, then I'll finish this message. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. Now here, second man saying, Lord Jesus, I'll follow you. But first let me say goodbye to my family it was looks genuine that he wanted to say goodbye before following jesus yeah you remember when elijah called elisha to follow him and what was elisha doing he was in the field plowing the ground elijah comes puts his mantle on him and says follow me and he says let me go and say, bid goodbye to my parents. And Elijah rebukes him and says, what I have done to you. But Elisha, then he decides to follow Elijah and Elisha becomes the great prophet. In fact, he receives the double portion of the anointing. Now here, Jesus encounters this man and he says, let me go and say goodbye to my family. But what did Jesus say to him? Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and looks back, then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus gave this example of a man with a plow, plowing the ground. And the reason he said that, because if a man, he keeps looking back while he's plowing, he will miss the straight line and he can go crooked ways. He will miss the destiny where he needs to go. God has a destiny for you. And God is calling you to walk in that plan and purpose and the destiny that he has for you. There might be many distractions that come where you have the temptation of keep looking back or keep looking here and there to your left and right. But what Jesus is saying, let your focus be on me. Follow me. You know, this is a perfect example of the story because I have seen this happening You know, to my, one of my far distance relative who had come to know the Lord. He comes from a Hindu background and He came to know the Lord, and he was going to church, but then he decided to go back to his native place and tell his parents, you know, that he's following Jesus. And when he went there, he was brainwashed, and then he changed his mind, and he decided not to follow Jesus. So probably Jesus knew about this man, he might have known that if this man goes back home and tells his parents that he's want to follow Jesus, he might not come back. And that's why I said, if anyone puts his hand on the plow and looks back, he's not fit in my kingdom. People of God, in closing, I would like to say this to you. As I said earlier, we are living in the last days, challenging time. More and more stuff's are happening around us. More and more challenging times we are living in. More and more chaos is there in this world. Do you hear the voice of God? Do you hear the call of God that is calling you, saying to you, my child, come to me. My child, follow me. Don't be distracted by the things that goes around you but let your focus be on me. Follow me. Amen? And I'm telling you this. That when you make Jesus your priority, you make Jesus first in your life, you know you will see fruitfulness in your life. You will see how God uses you for his glory. Amen? As I said, each one of you here in this place are called by god you have a destiny let's walk in the destiny that god has for us hallelujah amen